Hey friends, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am running the hardcover campaign adventure Scarlet Citadel by Kobold Press. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. Patrons get access to all kinds of exclusive adventures, exclusive material to help you run your 5e games, the City of Arches sourcebook, a dedicated Discord channel, and the monthly Patreon Q&A. If you want to help support shows like this and get access Access to all of that stuff, you can do so by becoming a patron of Sly Flourish. The link is in the show notes below. Boy, did I put the characters through the ringer last session. So we had our session two of Scarlet Citadel last week. We are going to have session three today. We had we introduced the characters. We had them wander around town and have an interesting encounter in the first session. And the second session was them actually making their way to Scarlet Citadel. We had a fun situation where they ran into a group of hunters that were dealing with like roach folk, these like insectoid you know, insectoid humanoids and the insect humanoids and the ro- and the hunters were kind of like at odds and kind of yelling at each other, stuff like that. And arrows were flying and people were kind of scrambling. And the characters were like, do we want to get involved? And they said, ah, I think we're just going to walk around it. And they did. So that's kind of an interesting idea. Like you can put situations in front of the characters and just watch them bypass it. And that's fine. Not every situation requires that they get involved, which is a good reason why like you don't want to over prep a scene like that. You don't want to set up a battle map and you don't want to have like your special terrain and your special rain effects and make sure all your stat blocks are good and make sure all your tech. Because then if you're doing that and they're like, yeah, we wander around it. Like then you're like, oh man, I spent like an hour setting up that encounter. So that idea of like, if you spend, you know, five minutes saying, I think we're going to have some hunters. I, I rolled on some random tables and some hunters are going to meet up with some roach folk and they're going to be clashing but not in hostile they're not fighting they're just they're just kind of yelling at each other and stuff like that and then the players don't bite on it then they don't bite on it and you're not really out anything which is i think one of the reasons why lightweight prep is really important that if you if you prep too heavy you're going to make them deal with the roach folk like you're going to you're going to push them towards it and if you let prep light you can let the players decide what they're going to engage with so they went to the scarlet citadel itself they went to the the level level one of the top was level zero i guess it is the top of of scarlet citadel let's let's jump down to that section here oh i missed one other scene they met up with the witch so in the village of red tower outside the village of red tower is the witch her name is where is she zula so they met with Zula. She was very interested in who they were and what they were doing there. She talked to them about the the, the kind of the main drive of the campaign. This kind of came from this came from our session zero. It came as the characters were going there. Is that the Weird Weaver, an entity named the Weird Weaver, who's sort of a entity of chaos and randomness in the universe or chaos and randomness in the world, somehow is trapped in the bottom of Scarlet Citadel or something in the bottom of Scarlet Citadel is trapping them. And so they, their main quest is to travel down into Scarlet Citadel to figure out what is trapping the weird weaver. And there's lots of questions to this that I'm not yet answering. I am not deciding what that means. I don't even really know who the weird weaver is because the weird weird weaver isn't really a God. As far as we can tell, the players are sort of treating them like a God. And maybe they are a mask of another god. Some people have suggested, for example, that is the Weird Weaver a mask for Rava? Maybe, but I don't think so. I mean, it could be an opposite mask for Rava. Rava is the god of the Gearforged and, and a god kind of of heavy logic and reasoning. So to make, you know, this is sort of the opposite of, the, of, the, of Rava, but that could still be a mask of Rava. 
I don't know. And I don't think I'm going to answer it for some time. I don't, I don't think I want to, I don't think I want to answer that for some time. So they met with Zula and Zula was very curious about who they were. She offered them some healing potions. She kind of showed that she is a store for all of your sort of solves and bombs and things like that. And, and we had some very funny stuff with like the characters where one of the characters who had died and came back is Dorne Greycastle and Dorne, if you have a picture, there's a picture of Dorne in there. And they, they talked about the fact that like Dorne having been a, look at that backstory. That's some serious backstory. Dorne having been sort of resurrected smells like potpourri and Bengay. <laughs> And we, we like, I thought that was that was the kind of a funny a funny mark that like in order to keep the corpse his corpse preserved and moving, he smells like potpourri and Bengay. So so they met with Zula and and you know spoilers. This is going to be a Scarlet Citadel spoiler. She's actually working for Gellert, the 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 kind of the main bad guy of this. She sort of is a spy, not she's sort of an inadvertent spy, like a mercenary spy that has a mutually beneficial arrangement with Gellert and sends information like, hey, there's some adventures that are headed your way and they actually are in, involved in your thing. And that will definitely play, I think, in this venture. I think she's going to pass that information. I think she's probably got some kind of device that she can use to con contact Gellert the Gruesome, who's sort of the main boss, and say, there's some people heading your way. So, so that, that is, that is going to work. Cause she has, she is not, she is a human priest according to this, but of course we can make her whatever we want. And so we will, we will decide what she is when it matters to decide. So they met with her. They had a fun conversation with her. That was, that went really well. We had some random encounters on the road and then they hit level, the level zero and level the first, the top level, pretty straightforward. Like you think like, wow, Scarlet Settle is this great big place. And then you look at it and you're like, eh, it's like five rooms, <laughs> like the top of it's not really top you know not not really that big and it was really kind of one big encounter so they came in hey my mom is here hey mom so they came in through area two here sort of you know south of area one and two if you look at this map and they on exploring and poking around they they came in and they tried to come in stealthy and they failed they they rolled like three out of five of them rolled below a 10 on their stealth check which meant they were perceived by the harpies so then we had a couple of harpies that were sort of climbing on the walls of this place or kind of climbing over the top and the harpies were going to ambush them and they they're second level so they managed to kind of get the drop on the harpies a little bit because the people who were stealth were able to sort of you know see them there and the others and so they got in this battle with the harpies and they were the harpies were pretty tough the harpies were were, were hitting and one of the players got hit with the song and got basically paralyzed by the song for three rounds or something it was really pretty harsh i should have done this you can take psychic damage to break it but i i wasn't i forgot they dealt with the harpies and then as one of the harpies was dying she cried out in this weird cry and then they heard a big roar from deeper in the in the level here and they're like, well, uh oh, right. And then the harpy's like smiling and then, you know, fades off. And then an owlbear comes out. Boy, do owlbears hit hard. Owlbears, especially when they critically hit, they can hit really hard. And this owlbear was really hard. And it, I think three out of the five characters were down at different points and trying to get them down and up and them realizing like, we don't really have good healers. Like they didn't really, the, the, the characters that they had, they don't really have anybody that has healing spells, I think at all. 
So they're using potions like crazy. They're like, dump those potions. And they're, you know, trying to get out of it. And people, oh, like three, four hit points are living on to try to get an attack. And they finally knock down. They, you know, they ended the battle. It was a big, long battle. And they kill the owlbear. And they're like, man, that old dude, that old dude back at Red Tower who told us, like, you're all going to die in there. He wasn't kidding, was he? Like, we haven't even gotten into the place yet. And we're already, we're already in real bad state. So we, we begin our session with them licking their wounds after fighting this very tough monster. This very tough. But God, I think that book, if I recall, the book-wise, you're supposed to be like first level when you, fight, when you fight those things. And you don't have to fight them. And I know that the adventure, I'm trying to find where, where they talk about leveling. I think it's earlier in the, in the, earlier in the adventure. And figuring out how to, you know, when to level the characters. Here we go. So the Ruined Citadel, Dungeon Level, Ruined Citadel, and Dungeon and Crypt are intended for first and first and second level characters. You are not going to throw. I mean, you can. But, like, if you set up a situation where the characters are going to face the owlbear in combat, you know, and, and they're going to die, they're, they're, it's going to be very bad for them. So I'm not unhappy that I leveled them to second because at least they're not going to get killed. And it's very clear, like, hey, you know, it's very dangerous. But first level is really, really dangerous. So, yeah, so you, you, wanna, you definitely want to be careful. You definitely want to be careful with, with dropping with first level characters at them. And, and, and you could you could have first level characters see that there's an owlbear there, but you probably don't, you, you as a DM probably don't want a situation where they don't have an opportunity to get around the owlbear or sneak around the owlbear or do something that isn't fighting it. Because if they ever get into a situation where they're fighting the owlbear and it wasn't really their fault, they're just going to get killed. And is that really fun? I mean, maybe some people are real excited about fighting owlbear and dying. I don't know. Second level was a good situation for the owlbear, but it was really, really hard. So that is where we start today's session. So we will start off by generating a new session planning template today. Again, we as, as always, we are using Notion to do our campaign planning. If you want to learn more about how to use Notion for campaign planning, there are links in the show notes where you can learn all about how I use Notion to do lazy D&D campaign building. But I'm a big fan. So today is 23 October, Sunday, Scarlet Citadel. We begin today by taking a look at our characters. First thing we want to do is take a look at the characters and try to see are there any hooks or draws or interesting things that we can draw from the characters and their backstories and their, and their stuff that we can work their way into secrets and clues or work their way into some of the other prep. We try to put the characters first in our minds to make us consider what parts of our prep are going are gonna to connect to those characters. So we have Dorn, Dorn Greycastle. Dorn is a shade fighter, former adventurer, and he died and was resurrected here. And Mez, Rune Seleth, named Mez, a currently a frost elf fighter, kind of cared for the body and then brought, and then found that they had that Dorn had been brought back. And that Dorn's body is actually the body of another person. And I can't remember if we named who that person was. I should I should keep like she died and came back. I'm gonna have to remember what was the name. So was the name of the person Dorn used to be? It's a question I need to answer, and the players could probably help me out. But because there is now a whole other backstory, which is the backstory of the person that you that Dorn used to be. And and I think we decided that it was like a an herbalist themselves. They were a potter. And their name was Potter. So who they used to be Potter was their name, and they were a potter. 
And Zula actually had a pot that that Potter the Potter had actually made and was like, you're not who you were before, are you? And that so that was kind of how I drew in the fact that Dorn was this other person, had this other life. And and Dorn, Dorn is like, I don't want to talk about Potter. Potter's gone. I'm Dorn, right? And so he gets on every time people bring up the other person he used to be, it kind of throws him off. And that's kind of a fun, a fun little character thing. We have Garble. Garble is played by Pat. Garble is a mushroom folk rogue and is looking for a new place for his, for their home, looking for a new place for the, the, the home of the mushroom folk. They're looking for a new place to kind of settle down. And they think that might exist down there in Scarlet Citadel. My friend Jay now has a character, Sir Bartholomew Gearforge. I love Gearforge. And that Gearforge are also fun because they are also sort of souls souls of the dead that have brought been brought back so it goes by bart and bart is a gear forged bard trained skills we'll fill this out while we're looking at it is wow look at all those trained skills history insight investigation medicine history insight investigation medicine perception performance persuasion perception performance persuasion Good. And we have 13, 13, 13 for the passes. And languages, uh, machine speak, and some others. So we'll put machine speak in there. And background is a diplomat. So I think we're going to find out more about Bart in today's session i'm not gonna i'm not gonna dive i don't know if he's got he does have a big background ancient bard clockwork construct named sir Bar- bartholomew whose soul gem is a former war general and diplomat a renaissance man if he played a renaissance man before love of wine culture music and history so well, why don't we you know what we'll do is we'll pull this out of the sheet ancient clockwork construct named sir bartholomew whose soul gem is a former war general and diplomat a renaissance man of sorts love of music love wine music culture history Product of the Zobek and art aristocracy. Ooh, yikes. Following his dad's footsteps as a military officer, rising through the ranks of various campaigns to achieve the rank of general. He stepped down upon his father's death to manage the estate, living in prestige and wealth as a diplomat for Zobek. Upon his death, he paid a clockwork wizard to have his consciousness transferred to a soul gem and live as a construct. Over the many years following, he served as an various professor in war tactics, took several hobbies. This is pretty cool. So we're going to learn about him today. Jay, the, the player, this will be his first session back. Let's see if we can take the old notes and put those archive those so that is bart sir bartholomew we have malarkey jones malarkey is a tiefling warlock malarkey is the one who learned that the i think or is it no skrink is the one that learned about the that the weird weaver was trapped down below and malarkey is a warlock who is a follower of the weird weaver and just rolled a die and through the dice roll got connected with skrink skibbers and started saying i'm going to follow skrink around and see where it goes so that was that was kind of fun and then we have mez mez is played by sharon a frost elf fighter who is a a, a, a parfum parfumier parfumery parfumier parfum and that's hard to pronounce deals with perfumes perfumier i'm going to say perfumier who wants to bring the dead into the next life, who wants to kind of transfer the dead to the next life, as does Zula. So there's a connection there between Mez and Zula. Parfumier, parfumier. Thank you, G-Blaster. So that is that. So the strong start, what can hap- what, what kind of, what can, what can start this adventure off? 
one thought is that I wonder if I, I could we could talk to Jay about Bart and say, could is it possible that Bart is found almost like C3PO found in pieces among the owl bears stuff and they sort of build Bart back together and then they have this gear forge person. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to bring that up because I think that might be a good way to bring in a new character from a good way to bring in a new character and kind of gets things started and is that also ties into the owl bears owl bears nest. Rebuilding Bart from the remains of the owl bears nest. I do not want to drop in just another fight. I don't think that's great. I might have an NPC. I might have an NPC that they meet here who can tell them a little bit, like someone who escaped from level one. Because their their next step is kind of heading down to level one. And I think, and I want to have them learn about the jailer. I want, I want somebody that can help them. I want somebody that's basically going to give them a quest to kill the jailer, to eliminate the jailer. So I think, I think that that might be fun. So let's, let's whip up an NPC. Tisha, a, chaotic, a cautious, chaotic, good halfling commoner wearing a green tunic. That's not bad. So we'll have an NPC and we'll say meeting Letitia, an escaped commoner who wants the jailer killed so i think that that way we have a character who can act as a good vehicle for secrets and clues it's also most importantly we want to have i want to i want to establish a quest and the quest i want to establish is you have to kill the jailer and when you kill the jailer you'll hit third level right that that is a that's their third their third level quest the quest to achieve third level which they will know immediately upon hearing about the jailer is kill the jailer get to third level nice straightforward way to do it so i think that will work. so so we have rebuilding bart as our first scene and the strong start meeting Letitia. then we have you know journey traveling into scarlet citadel into level one and we have quest we'll make this all bold kill the jailer reach third level nice clean clear quest for what they're going to do here. And then traversing first level, we'll move, actually, we're going to move the quest up to Letitia and then traveling into the first level and then traversing the first level, facing the jailer. So that's kind of our, and, and I think it'll probably take a couple of sessions for them to get through level one. I don't, I don't, I don't expect that they'll get through all of level one right away. And yeah, so that, that kind of sets that. So then we have our secrets and clues and I want to make sure that I kind of get I get some of this stuff right. Jailer is an infamous, so we can we can hear we can just grab this. That's a very good that paragraph right there. The jailer is an infamous kidnapper and torturer. He preys on isolated travelers journeying through the region and on the citizens of Red Tower. He's invoked by frightened villages a demonic boogeyman. Many don't believe the jailer is real, and he's worse than anyone has described. That is a good one. What other? The jailer doesn't... You see, this is one, one of the nice things about published adventures is you can just grab... You can just grab whole lines from your published work and turn them right into secrets. Very good for lazy dungeon masters. 
Jailer doesn't work alone. He has an assistant, a tusk crimson ogre called Scar, who is a compatriot of sorts. That's that's really one secret. What other, unlike the jailer, can be reasoned with, that is not a secret that we're going to bring up here. And what other, oh, so then there's the, you know, the jailer's chambers make half, make up half of the first level of Scarlet Citadel. The other half is made up of the crypts of now and what's the name of the house i forget i read this stuff but then i forget i'm gonna hit some background some background stuff going on here the whole the the holzingers right the holzanger crypts something dark and terrible awakens the dead in the crypts, even the jailer and his followers don't go into that part of the crypts. What other, are there any other secrets? Let's see, much of the original above ground structure, we, we got that and just defended lead on grounds, housing of family, bandits who use it afterwards. Yeah, the dry lands. So this is where we can, I, I'm excited about this. Let's see, Let's see what Google has to say. Warlock's Apprentice, the dry lands. There's enough of a description here. Wolfgang Bauer wrote it. Drylands, the, pla the place of Mott, dark god of the undead. By comparison, Evermaw, the plain of the dark god Mott, an equally notorious fellow gods. Okay, let's grab this section here. I love this idea of learning more about a other world. Also known as Evermaw. The Plain of the Dark God Mot, an equally notorious Vardazane and Anu Akama, Akma, follow gods. No notable for its silence, a place of enormous desert of bones, dunes of dust, and rivers of blood and tears. These are the dry lands. The plain where life extends past its appointed span, where fate itself is thwarted with regularity, and where liches, vampires, and ghouls gather in enormous number to praise their patron and the font of vileness to cheat death, to praise their protections against a certain voyage into the hells and the joy of the strength of God. That is, that is sweet. So Evermaw, let's, 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 let's see if Midgard has Evermaw. There's one, Evermaw, the plain of undeath. Here we go. They just didn't call it the drylands in the book. Grab that, put more lore. It's very big for a secret, as you can see. And also because you copy and paste it from, uh, PDF, the line breaks don't carry over. Ghouls, Vampires, Cannibals. So this is pretty much the same stuff, but it's right out of the world book, and I like stuff that's right out of the book. Oh, you know what we need to do? One to grow on. Where we? Where do we get this? Midgard World Book, page 46. Cite your sources. Write it down. It doesn't matter quite as much in an online game, but boy, I can tell you, having played, going back to the physical table again, if I have the Midgard World Book there, anytime I am during my prep, anytime I find something in Midgard World Book that I want to describe to the players, in my notes, I should put the page number down. So if I'm, oh yeah, I need to go back to that one region that we were talking about before, I can pull up the book and go do it. So write your page numbers and your notes. Very important. So those are, those are a couple of good secrets. And these are good because when you think about Evermaw, this connects to a lot of the characters. Like I think Mez knows about this. I think Joe might've been there. Dorn, Dorn might've been there. They've, you know, I think there's good connections. Skrink might've spent a, a you know, a, a minute there before getting pulled off into other realms and brought back again. I think, I think there is a lot of, 
I think there's a lot of opportunity there. I think there's a lot of good character connections to the idea of Evermaw. And what we want to do, and that we look at the Scarlet Citadel, the ancient crypts of the whole, this section is rife with undead, and thanks to a weak spot in the dimensional barrier between the Midgard and the Dry Lands. So we're going to add a another note that connects the Dry Lands to that section of the crypt. Because I think when they, having read it, when they go down there, they, I think a big secret is many believe, this is kind of here, many believe the halls of the Scarlet Citadel are dead or stagnant or stationary. They couldn't be more wrong. Things are happening on every level of the vast ruin. It is a living world down beneath the ruined keep. So that's like, you know, hey, you, you think you go down there and it's just like, hey, it's a tomb with a bunch of skeletons. Like, no, there's things happening. Like the events are occurring down there and you know that events are occurring down there. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. We have our 10 secrets. So we will give ourselves a break and move on. Uh, fantastic locations. I don't think I really need to fill this out because I've got my, because I got the book, right? So we're like, you know, Albert Nest is one and the Albert Nest is one and, you know, level zero and level one. Yeah, that's another scene is like finding the entrance to level one because it's kind of a cool entrance, like the, the place that you sort of get connected. It's kind of a fun entrance. So those are really our, our things. We could generate. So I, I, I have a, let's see here. Let's see if I can find it real quick. There we go. I have a sense of Midgard random generator using perchance. The, this Monuments of Midgard generator is available to patrons of Sly Flourish. I put it in the Patreon Discord server, and I will share it again. And patrons who find it, I'll pin it in the Patreon Discord. This is something I put together where I wanted to generate like quick monuments that were themed around Midgard. So like pristine buried mosaic of the Black Goat. That's kind of cool. Buried glyphed fossil of Hectate, the city bringer of magic. Lady of Darkness, Lady of Sighs, Lady of Tears. Sunken, ruined, carved rock of Anu Akma, Southern God of the Underworld. Like, that's pretty... These are all pretty great, aren't they? I like those three. Pristine, frozen barrow of Valoon, Crossroad, Master of Fire. That's funny, frozen. These are all kind of cool. I'll grab, we'll just grab these four, because they're all pretty good. And we'll stick them in our fantastic locations. What are those for? If they happen to wander around and I need a location, I can just put one of these monuments in place. I love monuments. So what the hell is a monument? What, what's up with that? What's up, monuments? So one of the things, like, we often think about random encounters. We spend a lot of time thinking about random encounters in D&D, and there's lots and lots of tables for random encounters. You can find them in Xanathar's Guide. You can find them in most of the source books. Most of the adventure books include random encounters. What they don't do is say, well, where do these encounters occur, and what makes that place interesting? And that's where random monuments comes into play. And the... Random monument, the, the advantage of a random monument is it gives you a setting. It's like, imagine what the background of your scene in a play looks like. What's in this, what's in this place? And the lazy, lazy DM's companion has a monument generator. We can, we can pull that up. We can take a quick look at that. Lazy DM's companion, my most recent, my most recent book has a, right in the beginning. In fact, you can get these for free because they're in the preview. So if you go to the Slyflare store, show notes, 
link in the show notes and you go to the lazy dms companion book you can find the preview that has these tables in it and you can see we have like a location a monument and an item and the monuments are like a sarcophagus or an ori or an effigy or a cage or a brazier and then you have like a smoky one or a ruined one you could actually roll multiple times on these tables you could have a smoky oozing ruined monstrous skull so you can roll multiple times even on the same table to generate you know not infinite exactly but a lot millions of different combinations of these things and that can be your setting so then the other thing i do is say okay so you have your radiant ruined throne but so what what's the connection there so in, you can also connect it to the lore of the world you're running so what i did is i went through all of the gods and all of the cults that exist in midgard that i could find between the midgard world book and the secret cult demon cults and secret societies and I put those in the generator, big, big list of those in the generator. So that instead of just having a sunken, ruined, carved rock, it is a sunken, ruined, carved rock of Anu Akma. It is a floating, colossal standing stones of Boreas, the devouring wind, which is, that's really great, right? Colossal standing stones of Boreas, the devouring wind. So you're connecting it to a, a specific piece of lore from the world that gives the characters an opportunity to understand more about this lore, to tell, tell the players, teach the players more about what's going on in the world, to help you. Glowing foggy tree of the black goat. Like, is that not cool, right? That's pretty cool. So these aren't built on exactly the same monument tables that are in the companion, but the companion, because I think this one actually has more because you can do more than 20. But you can build these just by rolling on these. And if you have your own homebrew world, you can connect them to your homebrew world by writing down your list of like, who are the major factions? Who are the major gods? Who are the major societies? Who are the major, you know, whatever history, you know, groups in history, put them in that list and then add them to your thing so that when they go to a location and this is like, oh, that's the old watchtower of Amon Thule right from lord of the rings well who the hell is that oh is this old watchtower where these things took place and there's all this lore that's connected to it right they're just going to stay there you would not care how many other watchtowers are there there isn't this like diatribe in the beginning like let's tell you about amon thule right and you're like i'm so bored right no it's instead characters are moving to the tower they're resting for the tower in the night what is this tower oh this is the old watchtower of amon thule right we call it weathertop now but it used to be called amon thule it was connected to whatever the elves or something like that so this is your way to build places like the, the tower of amon thule and you can do it in a chamber. It can also be like something that they run into while they're wandering through the woods. It can be anything like that. Now, the one trick is like for Scarlet Citadel, they're going to be going back and forth between Red Tower and this place pretty often. They're probably going to follow the same path. So I might say like, do you want to take a different path? And if they follow a different path, they might find another one of these things. Or they might just take the, well, the, the well-trod path. I don't know but they're not going to have a different monument every time. So you might find one interesting monument that they find along the path and say, you know, this is, this is, oh yeah, we're, we're going back to that weird mosaic of the black goat, right? That, that we kept running into or that glyphed fossil of Hectate or the sunken ruined carved rock of uh, um, Anu Akma, right? Something like that. So neat stuff. So we got some fantastic locations. How are we doing so far? We've got, we've reviewed our characters. We have our strong start. We have our scenes. We have our secrets to clues. We have our fantastic locations. We have one NPC. There's a couple of others. So, and we can just sort of jot their names down and we might, let's see, that's level. Let's go to, these linked. They're not linked. Oh, sad. There are a few NPCs that they will run into in the chapter. It's not critical that we mark everyone because, again, they're in the book. But it may not hurt to have some, to, to jot them down a little bit. We have our one, or they're going to meet one of the victims that escaped. I don't think there's anybody in the, the, the oubliette. Somebody correct my pronunciation of oubliette. We have the jailer, of course. We have 
Ushalex. I think we're going to learn more about them. Oh, there's the jailer. Look at him. He's he's badass. We're going to grab a snapshot of him. And we're going to make a page for Dungeon Torturer of the Scarlet Citadel. He had, is, it, is Scar the name of his? We have Barrett. Barrett the Red Heart. I don't have to put too much info about these people because like we're, I'm going to be, I have the book in front of me, so I'm going to see where this stuff goes, but I might add it to my lists if they start to connect more to these, these, these characters, then you want to make an NPC card for them. I'm, 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 I'm over prepping a little bit right now. Who is Kagoth Z? Oh, these are creatures. These are characters from the next level down. And I don't know if they're going to, they might learn a little bit about this. We'll, we'll see. I'm not going to, again, don't want to overprep. I've got a book. I've got the whole campaign book in front of me. So we got some cool pictures here. Other people that are, that are prisoners. And, and these prisoners are probably, this is probably an important secret to keep up because they could learn it from their other one, that there are other, other people have been captured down there. Dugan and Ikvon and a knight. So a knight named Barrett and a halfling and human named Dugan and Ikbon. We'll put them in our NPCs. So we're good there. Deadly encounter benchmark. So the deadly encounter benchmark for this one, when do we know that an encounter is potentially deadly? They are second level. I think we have, I don't know if we're going to have, we might have six today. I don't know if anybody's out. I don't know if anybody said they're out. So we'll, we'll, we'll do the benchmark at a couple, couple levels. We'll do, so four would be two times four. Well, it's two, right? Because it's two times four divided by four. Two, four players. If there are five players, it's two times five is 10 divided by four is 2.5. So three, five players, we, we, we roll up. And if we have six players, two times six is 12. 12 divided by four is six. No, is four? 12 divided by four, three, six, nine, 12, three. So three for six players. So we know that CR three, a total number of monsters equaling up to challenge rating three is, is potentially deadly. Boy, I'll tell you though, like an owlbear, that was pretty deadly. So that, that ain't, we're not joking around when we talk about that benchmark. So we have that handy. Monsters, we have whatever monsters in the book. I don't think we are, we are going to worry about that. Treasure. I'm, I am worried about treasure because I want to award them something. For, I want them to find something that they... I want them to find stuff that was in the treasure of the owlbears and maybe the harpies. But, and I don't know if they had anything here. But if they don't, I want to give them at least like one fun magic item. Because you can't go wrong giving treasure. I mean, it's surprising. There's no treasure out here that like the owlbear was protecting. That doesn't seem, that doesn't seem great. So you can always go with like a magical short sword because anybody can use a, a short sword. And the nice thing is it's not OP. You're going to have characters like, oh, I guess I'll use it, but it's only a D6. So I think, you know, a nice start is a plus one short sword. And we're going to use some of these. So we could actually, this would be kind of fun. You can, you can use the same builder here, only instead of a frozen spiked mausoleum of the Night Cauldron of the Chernabog, and I don't think I want to make it necessarily an, an evil item. Glowing Monster's Altar of Ninkash. So it could be like a glowing sword, the mother of beer, goddess of merriment. People always like that, but then everybody just talks about drinking all the time. Spectrum of Velas, the Great Serpent. I kind of like this. 
that it is a, a draconic short sword, right? And a, a ruined, so the, a ruined short sword, glowing ruined short sword of Veles the Great Serpent, right? I kind of like that. So is it glowing? I think that that's a cool, that's a cool idea. We have information about Veles. What's, I lost it. Where'd it go? And our information about Veles the Great Serpent, we have, look, in the notes, it's got a, it's got information about it. So what can this short sword do? I, 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 you know, I always like to say, instead of just being a plus one short sword, it's always cool to get a plus one short sword that gives you one thing that you can do. And it would be cool if it's something that is connected to the origin of this item. So what is a, what is an, a, a, a one use effect that occurs once a day is connected to the great to the great serpent. Let's 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 look back. Page three forty eight of the work of the world book. Let's go down to three forty eight. The great serpent is surrounded by the god made of flesh, great world serpent, monstrous beast that defines the edge of the world. So this is like the creator, right? Domains of destruction, earth, hunger, magic, prophecy, rune. It could do thunder wave. You know, thunder wave once a day is pretty good. Apocalypse. And maybe it grows, right? Maybe it does Thunderwave now, but it gets better as you unlock more stuff. Maybe there's a quest associated with this with this short sword. So we can say like level one. Casts Thunder Wave once per day. We don't have to worry too much, but it might be kind of fun to say, well, is there a quest associated? What does this thing want to do? You know, what is the drive of this sword, this this sword that's a follower? It probably lets you speak draconic. Speak, read, and write draconic. Now, Midgard has its own languages, I think. I think the player's guide has its own languages. Let's see if there's an index here. I think about languages. Whoops. Here we go. Oh, yeah, a big pile of languages here. I'm looking for any language that's... So there's dra Maharadi, language of drakes, dragons, and dragonkin. Dragon so that, that will work. Just looking if there's any other... Another language that would make sense. No, that looks pretty good. Probably advantage on charisma checks when dealing with dragons or draconic creatures. Because you speak their language so fluently and you're just, you're just sort of, it's nice, powerful. So this is like it's level tier one abilities, right? Thunder wave once per day. Let's you speak and read, write draconic advantage and charisma checks. Then tier two, we'll do question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't know. It'll do other things. And there's some quest. I like the idea that you have to complete a quest and maybe we'll figure out what that quest is that sort of upgrades this thing as they probably, you know, as they get to it. I don't know if they get to upgrade it a lot, but maybe, maybe they get to upgrade it, you know, three times. Spear instead of shorts are given favored weapons. Should it be a spear? It's kind of cool, right? Yeah, I like that idea. Instead of a short sword, it's a spear. We don't get to see spears very often. And spears are still simple weapons, I think. So anybody can still use a spear. I think that can work. So that's some good treasure. What's some other other treasure we'll we'll pull up here? Let's go to Donjon. This is for the golds and stuff. So we got to, let's see, 5e, random generator. I have a random treasure generator right here. Bang. And we will say this is CR3. And this is a horde. And we've got, yeah, a bunch of stuff here. That elemental gem is 
powerful. So this is some good treasure. And we can do some interesting, again, we can go to the Lazy DM's companion here and we can look at, I think there's spells. What are some spells? So we know they need healing. So maybe that, I think, I think this will be really good. This obsidian scepter engraved with arcane runes casts, what's the major healing word? Mass healing word. Once. So now they've got a relic. They've got the dust of disappearance. They have the elemental gem. They get three basically one use items. That elemental gem, I think, summons an elemental, doesn't it? That's really powerful. How much, let's see. So a gem contains, when you use the action to break the elemental, summoned as if you had cast a contra elemental spell. And contra elemental lasts one hour. That's really, that's really powerful. I'm not going to do that. It's too much. Because then they, they, could, they could clear an entire level with that one time. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to dump that one. I think that's plenty of loot. So we've got our treasure and I think that is it. So there's obviously like, you're like, wow, but you didn't even look at the map, right? Well, I did look at the map. I looked at it before we did our, our show today, but I haven't set it up an hour by rodeo. So I'm going to probably spend a little, what else am I going to do? Like I just spend an hour doing the prep for the game, kind of getting ready for it. And I'm still not done yet, right? So, oh my God, the lazy DM style is not so lazy. But I, I do have to set up an Albert Rodeo map, but that's not going to be too hard. I already have, I think I have tokens for the characters already because we used it last time, but I don't have a token for a new one, so I'll have to set that up too. But it's pretty straightforward. But the rest of this is is pretty good. I feel, I feel confident. I feel secure. I feel ready to run this. And I also think I prepped a lot of stuff here that's probably going to carry over to the next session too because I did a lot of like what's going on on level one and level one's pretty big. So I think we're all set. So I hope you enjoyed this show. If you did, you can help me out. Subscribe to the Slyflourish newsletter. And you get a weekly D&D related article sent directly to your inbox for free, along with a free adventure generator PDF to help you kind of fill in dungeons like this. You can pick up any of my books at the Slyflourish bookstore. The link is in the show notes. You can pick up the Re Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, the Lazy DM's Companion, and the Lazy DM's Workbook in beautiful offset printed versions. You can get them shipped right to your home. Check that out in the show notes below. You can also become a patron of Sly Flourish. Patrons, as I mentioned earlier, get access to all kinds of exclusive freebies. Some of the stuff I was using today, they'll get for free. Lots of lots of different rewards that you get for becoming a patron of Sly Flourish. But also, most important, you help me put on shows like this. So to the patrons, thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great day and get out there and play some D&D.